Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Philly Fans Podcast, the home of the first place NFC East Philadelphia Eagles. This is Kevin. And Eric, and that's why I have my Super Bowl champions hat on. Yeah, that's why you're wearing the Super Bowl hat right now? Yeah, we're going. Because we believe in our Philadelphia Eagles just like Eric believes in Bigfoot. That's right. You like that? Sweet. That's right. That's right. A new shop. Eric continues to open up more and more shops for the Philly <laughs> Fans Podcast. Um, Teespring, eBay, some, some new gear coming out soon. Some gear out right now. Check us out. Some of these, some of this gear sound like hot flakes. Hot, hot flakes. flakes. Hot flakes. Hot cakes. Hot cakes. Hot cakes. It's been a very long Thursday morning. Uh, here at the Philly Fans Podcast. This is being released on a day earlier than normal. Uh, okay. As we break down, we get a little excited for the Philadelphia Eagles' upcoming game against the Steel um, Steel Curtain, or is it the Steel Hurtin defense of Blitzburg? Yeah, I don't know Steelers. about that. Their defense ain't looking too hot. Those, those are all the uh, those are all the key names now, apparently by. Uh, by Pittsburgh Steelers fans, the Steel Hurtin defense in Blitzburg, Pennsylvania. It is the Battle of Pennsylvania. We can at least say that. It's a Battle of Pennsylvania coming up this Sunday right. in Philadelphia. I'm, I'm excited, actually. I am, too. I'm excited Com- to see what the Eagles are going to do. Compared to last week, I'm excited. And, Eric, good news. Good news. I did, I did not fall asleep during the Eagles game on Sunday night. Oh wow! I know. I know. I know. I watched it completely. I know you were uh, you were worried that I was going to fall asleep. My brother Brian called me not a real fan if I fell asleep, so I stayed awake. I was worried that the Eagles were going to blow it in the final quarter. And I was also worried that the Eagles were going to blow it in the final quarter. Let's be honest; they looked they looked decent. They did mostly what we said they should do with our guest host last week, Anthony Becht. Make sure you give him a follow and a shout-out at Anthony underscore Becht on Twitter. Uh, they basically did everything we said they should do except for uh, shutting down George Kittle. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, they they did. There's a few plays they, they let him go, but uh, he's going to get his touches. He, he's definitely going to get his touches. And, uh, Eric, if last week taught me anything, it taught me that Zach Ertz might not be worth it. Might not be yeah. worth a big money contract. Yeah, but what I'm thinking right now is he's their only player. He is currently their only player, which means they double teamed him throughout the whole game yeah. and they tried to shut him down throughout. Um, but Eagles tried to do the same thing with Kittle, and Kittle found ways to get open. Kittle's also younger. He, he is a bit younger. However, stop trying to defend 
my take on Zach Ertz. I'm going to defend it because I don't agree with that. I think um, what I think the Eagles should have done, and I think the Niners actually did it if you watch, they put some of their best secondary guys on Ertz along with a linebacker. Yes, uh, they, yes they did. We, that's what I was saying on the podcast last week that we should do with Kittle, but we did not do that. Like I said, I, I believe that the opposing team is just listening to our podcast and uh, and just ta- listening to our takes. They're one of our five loyal listeners. Uh, every opposing team of the Philadelphia Eagles is one of our five loyal listeners, obviously. Right. Uh, and they're, they're obviously taking what we say and using it uh, on their board, obviously. They, I, I, they must because if the Eagles did that, if Slay was on Kittle the whole game, I don't think he gets the half the catches he got. Darius Slay again, again, put up a great performance for the Eagles. Another worrisome potential injury as he took a helmet shot to the knee but Darius Slay has been nothing but impressive yeah I think I think he'll be all right uh he was a little pissed off about that too uh the helmets in the knee he called it a little dirty but um no he's been playing really well um I love everything about him coming to Philadelphia he's proven that he is you know a shutdown corner he, he might not be big play Slay anymore but he doesn't need to be because he's just saying I'm not letting any receiver catch the ball, basically. Yeah, and the, the other positive news is he was not one of the million members of the Eagles injury list from Wednesday's report. Yeah, I, think it was, I think it was just a bruise. Obviously, the injury list continues to add on. Uh, Eagles added TJ Edwards and Rudy Ford to the IR and signed a linebacker earlier today. However, Eric, I want to get into Darius Slay because his comments this week may have been controversial in Philadelphia or in the NFL, but – Obviously, our takes are a little different. We will defend Darius Slay, obviously. But Darius Slay basically said that the NFL should probably have not started at all. And to me, Darius Slay, and I love Darius Slay. I love the play he's had. Big play Slay. His wife was giving out uniform jerseys last week. Uh, hit us up, by the way, at the Philly fans, P-H-A-N-S, on Twitter. Make sure you send us a Darius Slay jersey, even though I'm about to I'm about to be uh, the opposite point of view. I'm not. Eric will defend. I will obviously complain because that's the best part of my job. Darius Slay, to me, the NFL gave you an out. All right, they gave you an out, and obviously they have not done everything they could to protect their players, and I'm well aware of that, and I've been saying that for quite a while. But you had an out. And Marquise Goodwin, he took the out. He was also saying how great uh, the 49ers looked on Sunday, even though he wears an Eagles uniform. But I digress. Uh, You had an out to not play this season. You chose to play, which means you knew the risk going in. And obviously, the Eagles have done a good job so far in their little bubble. But the NFL should have done a better job at protecting their players and they should continue to do a better job at protecting their players right now. This season again is in question. What is going to happen with no football on Sunday? And I know Eric's answer. What's my answer? The Philadelphia union are still a team. (laughs) So one last night, we'll talk about that later. Darius Slay. I love you. I think you're doing a great job in Philadelphia right now, but you did have an out. So I'm a little upset that those words would come out. Every player had an out 
for this team. Um, I don't know, Eric. What do you think? Well, uh, I mean, I, I I disagree with you. I don't think he's saying. I think it's all hindsight, right? So he's like, oh, you know, all these cases are breaking out. Maybe uh, we shouldn't have had a season. I think that's all it is. I don't. I think it's. I think the media is blowing it out of proportion. Um, they also, if you look at the comments, they leave part of his comment out, which said the Eagles are doing a great job keeping the team safe. Um, so I think the media is just looking for, you know, some clickbait there, trying to say, like, hey, uh, Dyer Slay is saying we shouldn't have had a season. However, he, he, they don't mention that the Eagles are doing a great job. And, you know, like I said earlier, hindsight is twenty twenty. You're going to look back and be like, oh, well, you know, players have been getting it. It's been spreading a little bit. Uh, I did have an out. I wanted to play, but you know, maybe I should. Maybe we shouldn't have. So I mean, even uh, Marquise, Cooper, I, think I could in- tell. I could tell Goodwin on his Twitter page uh, wants to play, and you could see that he wants to play, but he did take the out. Uh, Eric, I did make a mistake earlier. I think I said that the game was in Philadelphia. The game is in Blitzburgh, Pennsylvania, uh-huh. uh, and uh, Darius Slay expects to be booed. You want to know why he expects to be booed? Why is that? Because there are actually going to be fans, 5,500 fans in Pittsburgh Stadium on Sunday. Wait, we can – the Eagles can have fans. No, they can't. I thought it was 7,500. Well, that's, that depends on who your mayor is. Oh, did I miss some of that? Yep, you missed the, you missed the political aspect of it, Eric. That's I, – I think we could talk about that one later on. Uh, but Darius just- like does – Expect to be booed on Sunday in Pittsburgh as fans return. Five thousand five hundred of them. In a let me ask. Time. Let me ask you this: Does that include the Union? Because since they're technically in Chester, uh, I believe Ch- I believe Chester is not part of Philadelphia. Right. So, Philadelphia. so so did so they get that a, fans? That would be a borough decision. Ooh. Uh, and based on the new statewide regulations in Pennsylvania, it could definitely be open for the Union to return fans. I think they should. I think they should as well. I also think that 7,500 fans out of a, what, a 60-some thousand fan uh, stadium? For Eagles? Yeah. You can yeah. You could definitely socially distant enough to protect your fan base. and protect You could probably, probably put like 1,000 a, a of them, not even, like 300 in each section. It would be super spread out. Yep, so it definitely be super spread out. But let's let's go back to the protections against these players. All right. Darius Slay, we agree with you that the NFL is getting out of control, especially in Tennessee, which is just a madhouse right now. It's a hotbed over there. Yeah, they're under they're under investigation. So this as they should be. These players need to take accountability for their actions. These players need to do what is best for the league. And if they're not doing what's best for them and for the league, the league is going to get shut down. It's going to happen, yep. right, at one, one point or another. There are things that we said that the NFL should put into place. All right, a week ago, we mentioned what was mentioned on Anthony Gargano's show on 97.5 The Fanatic. We mentioned that there should be a COVID week that comes at the end of the season, right before the playoffs, in which any games that were canceled – can be played that week. Now, the NFL did a great job last week with the Steelers and the Titans having to cancel that game and being able to push the bye week, but it was early enough in the season. Now that we're hitting those bye week times, that's going to be more difficult for them. The NFL needs to have a strategy at this point to protect their players, protect the league. I'm not saying they shouldn't have started from the beginning, 
because there's always the risk and we knew the risk going in, but they need to have a better plan going into this NFL season than they did. They kind of went in like baseball. All right, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm -hmm. And the NFL can't do that because baseball, you can at least allow double headers. And in football, that's impossible. Right, and I was watching Good Morning Football the other day, and they were talking about Ooh, Kyle Brandt. Nice. Yeah, so they were Shout talking about Kyle Brandt. They were talking about this, and I think it was it was either uh, Schefter or Brandt. I forget which one said it. They said, you know, week one through three, the NFL was all about it, or one and two maybe, like all about everyone wearing masks and and you know getting on top of everyone, and then they're not, you know, they're staying separate and all that but now like week three four rolls around everyone's like well we should be all right we don't care that much we want to say hi to people after the game we want to trade jerseys you know it's not allowed this year like they want to do so it's getting lax and now all this stuff is breaking out and like so in the Patriots Chiefs game Stefan Gilmore who just tested positive for COVID was in the face of Mahomes like talking to him after the game who is at this point the face of the NFL so right it was the face of the NFL. He's fortunately since then tested negative. However, there is like any other disease, there's an incubation period. So by Sunday, he could test positive because Gilmore had it and spread it to him. We don't, these are the things we don't know. Do they have to take an effect of that incubation period of when a player had it? Like how, how did we not know Gilmore had it until after the game? You know what I mean? Yeah. And because they are being tested throughout their time even up to game day there were no positive tests over the weekend of the games that were being played uh according to different reports uh on top of that we are getting false positives as well so even though gilmore did test positive do we know for sure that he had COVID 19 as well that goes into effect obviously it's a big circle of of events that happen when it comes to this infection, this disease, um, that we don't have all the answers for. And we're not going to have all the answers for at this point, uh, obviously, for obvious reasons. But we do have to take the proper precautions so we don't get shut down. Right. So they I have am, to – I don't know ahead. why they're even – I don't even know why they're basically shaking hands at the end of the game. No, they, they shouldn't be. It should be kind of like a, hey, guys, good job. Air five. All right. See you later. It, they should not touch each other after the game. I get it that you just hit each other throughout the entire game, but not everybody hit each other. Right. All right. Not everybody touched someone in that game. There's a lot of guys on the sidelines that didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not worth even trying to pass along anything uh, whatsoever. So the regulations need to be pushed even more. I know the NFL started to find coaches for not wearing masks, but more needs to be done. Right, and that, I mean, I get that, and then that makes sense. But, I mean, if you're going to do that, I mean, and you saw in San Francisco, the announcers and even the players on the sideline were wearing masks. So it differs by state, just like any other thing that's going on with COVID in this country. Um, so I think the NFL has to make it a universal thing, not just go by, you know, stadium by stadium. I think it has to be universal. And it always had to be universal. That's something you and I both said from right. day one, it had to be universal, just like the number of fans in the stadium should have been universal. Right. Uh, every precaution needed to be done universally, just like 
any other high school league right now or any other any other college league that's playing, there has to be some universal law behind it for that certain league. Yeah, at this point, every everywhere's a hotbed in the United States. So there's no state that's really like, oh, you know, we got like nothing. You know what I mean? So it's going to break out unless we have, you know, something to go by to what that's universal for every stadium, every team, you know, everything. It has to – because if you're not universal, then you're going to have a team go to different stadiums doing what they're doing. doesn't match to what the other team's doing, and then that's where you could have an issue. Yeah, and obviously this is going to be a hotbed of questions going in. Hopefully the NFL can get their act together. Hopefully the NFL can do things the right way. But things we've said before, Eric, were like league-wise – you could see who did it right and who didn't do it right. All right. You could see that the NBA and the NHL did it right, and you would consider them numbers maybe three and four. The MLS sports. did it right, too. All right. The MLS did it right, too. So three, four, and five. Okay. And you would say three, four, and five <laughs> yeah. out of five major sports. Right. Numbers three, four, and five did it right. Number one is football, number two is baseball. And you kind of had to see, well, baseball didn't do it too great, but they, they did all right. There were still a lot of cases, Miami. Uh, and then number one, which is football, you, you know they didn't do anything right there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there, there's, a lot that's, uh, there's a lot that is to put up for question when it comes to uh, COVID-19. Right, and if you look at the, the MLS, the NHL, the NBA, the Women's Soccer League, the WNBA, anything like that, universal guidelines for each that, team that were to be followed or else. Yes. So that's what I mean. That's what I mean. The NFL and MLB aren't doing that. MLS is playing from city to city right now. Still zero positive cases. Think about that. Well, that's because they're being smart. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's it just, it just takes being smart. Uh, to help out and make this league better. Eric, you want to you wanna move on to talk some Eagles and 49ers from Sunday? Sure. All right. So the Eagles got their first W of the season, and you want to know how this happens? Turnovers. I know. The Eagles won the turnover battle. Can you believe it? I, I can't believe Carson Wentz only threw one interception. He only threw one interception and zero fumbles, Eric. I know. Crazy. Where Jalen Hurts has one fumble for every three snaps. Well, technically, they would have said Carson Wentz had a fumble on that snap. So you can easily tell that uh, Hurts is, is pissed off that he's not playing more. You could tell. Sure. So, obviously, he's not being utilized correctly, as you and I have been stating for, what, four weeks now? Mm-hmm. So we've been saying this for four weeks that he's not been utilized correctly. He hasn't really gotten a chance to throw the football yet. Carson looked great blocking. I wonder if he could play left tackle for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Um, he was blocking a corner, not a lineman. So Carson's <laughs> interception this week, he was hit on the throw. The ball was tipped, not to make excuses for him. He had a great game on Sunday. He performed very well, but he still has to get this uh, – he held onto the ball too long for that interception again. Right. Which is one of the biggest errors. He has to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was someone open before he had to scramble away from the rush. He, uh, still, he still does look like he's missing some throws, though. Um, he did look better. I'll give him that. He looked better on Sunday. 
Well, it's it's funny how he plays better with these practice squad players. Well, it's because, I mean, you think about it, practice squad players, they're not demanding the ball. They're just happy to be out there. Yep. So Carson has free range to throw who, to whoever he wants. Um, but just for an example, what I'm saying is, and I know we discussed this when it was happening, but that one throw where Miles Sanders was running uh, basically a slant uh, out of the backfield, threw it a bullet to his knees. Now it hit Sanders in the hands, but if he hit Sanders in the chest, that's, that's an easily a 30 to 50 yard play, maybe a touchdown. And I feel like there's still some of those plays that Carson's missing that he could, if he improves on, you, you would see him be a, a, an even better quarterback. But you saw those pre-snaps reads, those pre-snap reads that Anthony Becht was talking about last week uh, come into effect with Carson this week. He made better second decisions. Half. In the second half. Well, even in the, first, in the first half as well. I mean, he pushed off, my, what was it, Miles Sanders in the backfield? Yeah. You and I were texting throughout. He, put, he said he actually called Miles Sanders over, talked to him, pushed him a little bit outside and said, hey, it's, it's going to be a dump pass off to you and made the perfect play uh, right. two miles for a few yards. Uh, his second half was obviously better than his first half. He got into the game Travis Fulgham. He made a deep pass to Fulgham, who, who, who the heck is Travis Fulgham? Right? He, uh, he used his legs more, which he is used- what I think he needs to do more. Oh, for sure. But Travis Fulgham did something that no Eagles wide receiver has done for the past couple of years. Caught the ball? He tracked the ball. Uh, yeah, he did. Okay? <laughs> he tracked it. So, the ball's up in the air. It's going to him, but he had to track it. He had to make this a certain play at that position, and that gave him the touchdown. Uh, that's something that Nelson Aguilar never did for the Philadelphia Eagles. He would not track a ball if his life defended, depended on it. He's doing it in Oakland now, though. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Oh, I'm sorry, Las Vegas. Players go elsewhere. Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, no, it was, a good, it, was, it was a good throw, but, I mean, you saw – I saw at least, watching the red zone on Sunday, at least 20, 20 to 25 touchdowns that were the same exact play. So, great. It was a good throw, but, I mean, it's a throw he should be expected to make. No, but this game gives him the, gives him a little bit more confidence. He was breaking tackles. The no, best, I agree. The best the best pass of the game was the one to Boston Scott that doesn't count, where he was bouncing off tackles. Uh, there was a there was a penalty called. It was a great pass to Boston Scott. They right, got the like, off the penalty, but he looked it, like old Carson. It looked like old Carson, and that's that's definitely something we're going to need against the Steelers defense on Sunday. But before I go into the Steelers game on Sunday. I need to talk play calling again. Okay? It's, it's just been bothering me. The last, the last drive of the game for the Philadelphia Eagles, the running backs in the game, on first down, on second down, on third down. First down, it was Corey Clement. Second down and third down, it was Boston Scott. And I know you want to kill time, and I know you want to start and try to get time off the clock which you did a little bit of, but when, when 49ers have those timeouts, they could take them and the two-minute warning. Corey Clement and Boston Scott are not the guys who need to get the ball in their hands. No, I, and we texted. I texted a bunch of people like, where is Miles Sanders? Is he hurt? Why isn't he on the field? And, and Miles Sanders had a tremendous first half. Then they stopped giving them the ball again. He yeah. had 4.6 yards per carry. He had 
what, 46 yards, and then they stopped handing off the ball again to Miles Sanders for some reason. Again, getting the ball to your playmaker is the most important part of the game, like the 49ers did with George Kittle. Getting balls to their playmakers is very important. Making sure their playmakers are making plays. Wow, playmakers. I wonder where that word comes from. Uh, but not having Miles Sanders in on that final drive is a mistake. And Doug with the press. Oh, was, my God. Well, you guys. Do you have that clip? That I needed to – I curse in the clip, so I do not want to play the clip. I, I recorded the clip, but I cursed during it. Because he was uh, so angry. I was so angry with just – it was just a, a bullcrap answer. It was a bullcrap answer because the press – you guys have been saying I need to use my other running backs more. No, it's the final two minutes of the game. Use your star. Kill the clock. Get yeah, a first that. down. That do not bad, give man. me Corey Clement. Do not give me Boston Scott. Don't do it. All right? And if it wasn't for Darius Slay, the Eagles would have lost on Sunday. Because Darius Slay knocked the ball out of George Kittle's hands in the end. At the end of the game, yeah. At the end of the game. It was, all, it was because of the defense that stepped up. Defense big time this week. Again, Jim Schwartz. as we said, continue to be the issue. Actually, you know what? You know what? Uh, one linebacker looked pretty good on Sunday. Now he's hurt. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Who is your linebacker, Eric? TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards, who is now on the IR. Yes. I know. He looked good. It's a shame. Yeah, he, he's, he's now on the injured reserve. Um, I, was, I thought you were going to say Singleton. Uh, no, no. Hey, you know what? Who, who is built like a cornerback. I know. The ball was thrown right to him. No, uh, no, no. I was saying TJ Edwards. He had, I, I think he had about like 10 tackles, but like four for a loss. He played really well. And you wonder who else played very well right into the league? Kayvon Wallace had a great game. Uh, yeah. even, even though he was put into the game right away and had to gave up or broke tackle by George Kittle, he, he took also, Kittle out a couple times. I was going to say, he, 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 Kittle caught the ball, but he had him down the ground right away, and that's what we were talking about. Yeah, he, he took Kittle down a couple times. So give, it, give a shout-out to Kayvon uh, and, the, and this defense. Obviously, the pass rush is the best part about the Philadelphia Eagles. They play they well. They make things a little bit more impressive when they blitz. Uh, but they have 17 sacks on the season. I saw that. They're leading the league, aren't they? Which leads the league. However – if the Steelers played on Sunday against the uh, against the Tennessee Titans, the Steelers would actually be in the league. The That's Steelers if they got have a sack. 15 sacks so far this season. It's if they got a sack. So they they would have gotten a sack in that game. They would have gotten a couple in that game. Um, so we are still worried about the the play Kongs and your boy JJ, our second white side, is due to come back this week, Eric. Hey, man, we'll see. Maybe he'll have a stellar week. Two touchdowns, 100 and 110 yards. You know who the Eagles need back? The Eagles do need back Alshon Jeffrey or, or Deshaun Jackson. Alshon should be – he has a chance to come back this week, right? Alshon does have a chance to come back. He has been limited to practice throughout the week. I know, but, I, I know Jackson – Doug doesn't want him to come back until he's 100%. Which will never happen ever again because he's <laughs> 32. Uh, Alshon was limited at practice. Deshaun was limited at practice. Our offensive line continues to go down with Lane Johnson did not participate. 
Uh, Jason Kelsey was limited at practice on Wednesday. Uh, that offensive line's getting decimated. However, are the backups are, are stepping up. Yeah, they're not playing bad. I mean, they're not doing great, but they're not playing bad. So they, they signed Brett Toth off of the waivers. All right, that's a tackle. Brett Toth off the waivers uh, yesterday, which was a big move to add on to that, boister that uh, backup role for them. But they did not play bad. They need backups completely. Um, But we shall see, especially against this uh, this battle of Pennsylvania on Sunday. Yep. So let's let's just quickly go into the battle of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Eric, I said it before. I'm going to say it again. This is a must win. Oh yeah. There's a reason it's a must win. Why are you saying it's a must win? It's a must-win because the week after the Eagles play the Baltimore Ravens. I was thinking it's because the Cowboys play the Giants this week. Well, that too. But they, it's you got the Baltimore Ravens the week after, and based on how the Eagles' defense is built, stopping the Bars running game, stop, stopping the quarterback and stopping those two tight ends in Baltimore is going to be tough. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is definitely a must-win, and this is a game in which, once again – like I said a week ago, I actually feel like they might win. I actually have – no, I agree. Um, but just to bring up, because we were talking about Lamar and the Ravens. If I were Jim Schwartz, I would have a plan. I would have a cover one defense and have either McLeod or Wallace spy Lamar. Have a safety spy Lamar. It's usually a linebacker, but our linebackers suck. So make it a safety – have him come down, play a cover one in the middle. Um, because, I mean, they have some decent wide receivers, but, again, their number one targets their tight end. So, if we can, you know, stop their tight end and have a spy on Lamar, I think the Eagles could do fine in that game because their pass rush is good. It's, it's if he gets out of that pass rush. Yeah. Right. And, and the way our, our line's been playing the last two weeks, he could be all right. Like, we could be all right. Yeah, we shall see what happens. Let's talk about this deal. Uh, Sorry, I was just I was just thinking about I was thinking of the future because you're not doing that with Ben. Ben, no, you can just rush for Ben. You need to rush. You need to get. You need to make sure that he is not comfortable. Obviously, Ben Roethlisberger is a is obviously a shadow of his former self, but he's still Ben Roethlisberger. He's still a Super Bowl champion quarterback. All right. He's and what I like. What I like about this matchup is Slay's going to be on Smith-Schuster. Yep. He still has so. seven touchdowns and one interception, but Slay is on Smith-Schuster, which kind of shuts down their passing game a little bit. Yeah. All right? uh, and they're going to have to rely on their running game. And James Connors, a, he's a stud this year. 5.6 yards per carry. James Connors is a stud, but the Eagles' defense is playing very well against running backs right now. Minus and the LA. other thing is, with the Steelers – who have they played? I don't know. Who have they played to be 3-0? I didn't look at their schedule. They played the Giants. <laughs> they won 26-16. to They played the Broncos. Continue to laugh. They won 26-21. <laughs> to That's they, not even – that's too close for that team, too. They played the Texans. Who are 0-3. Who are 0-3. Or 0-4 at this point. They do. Does any team they played Broncos have one win against the Jets? They have one win in their in their schedule so far. They play a team with one win. We have one win. 
I know. <laughs> that gives me hope that the Eagles can beat the Steelers. They played a crappy defense in the Giants, a crappy offense in the Giants, a crappy team in the Giants. They played a crappy offense in the Broncos, crappy team in the Broncos. And your boy Deshaun Watson is crap down in Houston. Nah, man, they have a bad coach. Oh, well, not anymore. He got fired. Not anymore. He got fired. <laughs> we are Penn State. That didn't that, work out too well. That's, that's why they uh, That's why they went on a force. They could just fire. Did you, did you hear Eric, J.J. Watt crapped on Bill O'Brien, by the way? Eric, I have hopes. I do, too. I have hopes that the Eagles will beat the Steelers. The problem is the Steelers have a little bit of extra rest. That's it. That's I'm sure they watched Carson Wentz run around and try to avoid the 49ers. And the Steelers' defense, they're good. But they played the Texans, the Broncos, and the Steelers. They do have a Watt on their team. All right. Yes. So, we saw what happened as the Eagles really had to shut down Juju Smith-Schuster. They had to shut down James Conner and force Ben Roethlisberger to pass to other players and make plays against other players. The Eagles' defense, obviously, this linebacker position is questionable. Uh, Jim Schwartz continues to make – made a little bit better adjustments this week. There was no sticks defense, thank goodness. Um, but sticks defense is going to kill them. He says about Nate Gary that he's won the many games. Uh, they've won <laughs> one game this season, by the way. That's a um, lot. So he's trying to build the confidence in his players. But we're never going to have the days of Jim Johnson again, where Jim Johnson built players into Pro Bowl players like Quentin Michael uh, off of another team. Like, he, he – we don't have that anymore. So we need to build that linebacker position and kill him with confidence is might be the best thing against a, uh, a Steelers offense. That's, that's decent. You got Smith Schuster. You still have Roethlisberger, but you have to pressure Roethlisberger. You have to get him uncomfortable. You have to take him to the ground. Right. And so for the offensive side, I think you need to hand it off to Miles Sanders, which we should be doing all year. I know. I don't think he should come off the field, like we said last week. I think Zach Ertz has a big game this week, too. So, the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has allowed 2.7 yards per carry this season, which is, which, is de- which is really good for a rush defense. All right? I think the Eagles need to get them uncomfortable with Miles Sanders, hand the ball off, up the middle, get them uncomfortable, just like you said, and maybe even get those little swing routes. They can't do the pitches. No. Pitches to the outside are getting torn apart from from Jump Street. No, they got to be inside zones or, you know, up the straight up the middle, maybe a counter, throw them off a little bit, but no, they got to all be handoffs. And you need to use Jalen Hurts better. I think you should use him in a role. Like, I mean, even like how the Browns um, – their first touchdown against the Cowboys, they used Landry. Put Jalen Hurts out of wide receiver. Do the same play opposite side. Well, you saw what they were trying to do on on Sunday against the Niners. Uh, Hurts but that's, was back. But that's a throw. I'm saying these, this is a, a double yeah. reverse to a throw. Yeah, so Hurts was back. It was kind of an RPO option without people realizing it. He the, the whole plan was to throw the ball screen to Carson Wentz, who threw the ball deep downfield to a receiver. That play got blown up from the start when Wentz had to start blocking. Um, so you're going to see that type of a play trickle into effect. But like you said, get him on, the, on an outside sweep. Get him running the ball outside, lined up as a receiver. Or even pull off one of those things that Pittsburgh is known, was known to do. 
toss it outside and have him throw it up in the air to a wide receiver. Right, Just I like, like the that Steelers plan. used to do with Heinz Ward. Yes, thank you. You gave me you gave me exactly the name I was looking for with Heinz Ward. Um, but no, I, I honestly, if you're going to use them and you're not just going to have Carson Wentz stand on the outside like a jackass, um, you want – have him throw some balls. If you're going to have him in the quarterback, don't have him out there just to run. Have him throw a few. Quick slants. That's all I need. Then he'll throw out the defense even more. Wow, quick slants work? No way. No, but I'm saying if, if he's a backup quarterback, you're not going to want him to throw deep yep. unless it's on one of those swing routes. But have him there, three-step drop slant. Confuse the defense when he's in there. He's not just going to run or hand it off. He can throw. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I'm ready for Sunday, 1 o'clock in Pittsburgh, 5,500 fans for the Battle of Pennsylvania. I'm and the Eagles, the beginning of that game. first in the NFC East versus first in the AFC North. Uh, it, it's going to be fun to watch. And Mike Tomlin, obviously, you know, is a great coach. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's uh, the Bengals of the same record are in last in that division. <laughs> Stop ruining my hopes and dreams. All right, Eric. Cut it out. <laughs> um, I, I, think, I think that's all we can really talk about the Eagles. We're prepared for Sunday. Eric, go ahead. Give me your prediction. What do you think happens? Um, like I said, I think I think Zach Hurts has a big game. Um, if Jay Jaw plays, I, I see him being used more. No, Eric is going to say that. Think if Al- no, if, if Alshon comes back, I think that's going to be a big help. I okay. think the- yeah, if, if Alshon comes back, it opens up plays for Jay Jaw. Yeah, I think that's. I think the scores. I'm actually going to say the Eagles are going to win this. Uh, at twenty-seven twenty-one. 28-21, sorry. No, and, and I'll be close to agreement with you. I, I'm going to say it's going to be very – it's going to be a close game. It's probably going to be one of those 28-24 to 24 games uh, that comes down to the final play again uh, and see what happens. I do have the Eagles pulling it out, but I'm also a very big homer, uh, and I really hope that the Eagles can continue this, this push towards the playoffs uh, a quarter of the way to the se- through the season. Uh, my fantasy play of this week in this game is Vance McDonald, tight end of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's your fantasy player? My fantasy play of the week. That's the guy who I would play as a tight end this week going against the Eagles linebacking core. Yes, I would play Vance McDonald. All right. Who would I, you play? I wouldn't even play anyone. You know, I would play Zach Ertz in this game. You would play Jay Jaw. No, Zach Ertz. I think er- Zach Ertz is going to – Eric has a bet that Jay Jaw is going to score a touchdown. No, I'm oh, sorry. That's Victor from the Philly pod. Sorry. Every week he has, he has Jay Jaw scoring a touchdown for some reason. This is a smart bet. Uh, no, I think, <laughs> I think Zach Ertz is the, is the player this week. I think he's going to have a big week. I, uh, I think he just needs to. I, I, and I, I, if we can get the running game working, at least, you know, maybe having like four yards per carry, then it opens up the pass game a little bit against this defense. And I think Zach Ertz, is going to at least have a touchdown, if not over 75 yards. Yeah, and Zach Ertz would benefit from Alshon Jeffrey coming back, obviously. Right. So, uh, excited for the game. Go Birds. Let's get excited. Eric, some other stuff happened this week. Uh, let's go into our news segment, really, because that's all that's left. It's, all, it's news. Right. Well, yeah, we can talk a little union. They won last night 3 nothing. 
Oh, sorry, uh, I forgot. I forgot that the Union played. Go ahead. Still, still undefeated at home. Um, that's a pretty big win. Uh, Asino had a goal. Elliot had a goal. Um, I forget about the second second one. That was the first and third. Uh, but no, they look they look good. Um, it's a shame that we're going to lose some players to Europe, but you know that's life in the MLS. We talked about that before. Um, but they're the Union are looking good. Best team in Philly. I believe they have a chance to uh, take a have a good season this year and win, you know, actually win in the playoffs. Yeah, Union. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, soccer. Go Union. They are undefeated. The pandemic crew is down apparently in, in Chester now, watching them go. Smart. Um. So we we shall see what happens. Hopefully fans are involved in there because it is more entertaining being down at the stadium for some of these fans. Um, a beautiful stadium, so, too. Yeah, Yes, it is. I've been there a couple of times. I used to work for them. So. Yeah, I remember that. One of um, my many, many jobs. One of my many, many, many jobs. Um, and other – I mean, you want to talk Flyers draft? I mean – Yeah, let, let's, let's talk Flyers draft. Obviously, there is some big news in Philadelphia Flyers uh, – storyline this week with Niskanen retiring Mm -hmm. uh we wish you luck but makes me sad darn it yeah which Niskanen retiring made us re-sign Justin Braun yeah and Niskanen played so well for us and that's Um, that's what I think it hurts more is that he left and we had to sign Justin Braun (laughs) yeah I, I mean man they were in a good position defensively with him and now you re-sign Justin Braun, and that's uh, that's scary. Right, and that basically departs Ghost. I still think, unless unless since Niskanen's gone, you're going to play him now because you need that offensive threat that Niskanen brought in. Who knows? Yeah, and, and Niskanen, I'd love I'd love to keep him. I love Ghost. Niskanen was uh, was definitely the, one of the best defenders for the Flyers this year, other than Proby. Yeah. Uh, um, going into the draft, um, we had a 23rd pick. I thought they were going to trade up, but, you know, there wasn't really much to trade up for when I was watching the first round. Um, they they selected Tyson Forrester, um, which is – I actually think it's a good selection. He's a winger, um, has a great shot, uh, is big, 6'2", 200 pounds. So he, he is the size for the NHL right now. So I could see him playing probably for the Phantoms this year, being a first round pick, if he decides to, you know, forward whatever he else is doing. But the one knock on him is his skating. But you know, you're not going to know that until you see him play in the in the pros. So we'll see. Uh, round four, just to highlight, Zade Wiz- Wisdom uh, was Wayne Simmons' favorite pick of the draft. Wayne, I was going to say Wayne Simmons' favorite pick of the draft. Um, he said he, you know, he's a he's a Broad Street Bullies fan. He knows what Philadelphia wants. He's a, he can be a bruiser. So we'll see. I mean, I'm down for a player like that. I think we need a player like that. Be interesting to see him come up the um, the rankings. And and with with the NHL draft, it's kind of like the MLB draft, where you select these players. They're young guys. They really are young guys. And you'll see what they have. And most of them in about three or four years, some of them you're waiting. Like, I'm still waiting for Sam Morin to, uh, to, <laughs> to do something in Philadelphia. And he was drafted like 10 years ago. Um, so, 
some of these guys, it's, it's definitely worth the wait. And you see that with the Flyers team. Uh, they, yeah. They've done a very good job drafting recently. They've done a good job not selling the farm like they would have done a couple years ago for big veteran players. Uh, so these guys are names you're going to see. And uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully they turn out all right for us. Yeah, and uh, unlike the MLB, if you get drafted in the NHL, you can still go to college. You can also still play in juniors until you're ready. So unlike the MLB where you have to go right into their farm, uh, the NHL lets players go to college, play it out, which is I think it's cool. I like that. You're yeah. basically getting drafted for your rights. <laughs> NHL's a little different in that way, which is uh, which makes things – But last – Last thing I'll say about the draft, um, the number two pick that went to the Kings, Quentin Byfield, uh, that was the highest a African-American player has ever been drafted in the NHL draft. So that's awesome for the sport of hockey. Um, the diversity that's going through hockey right now I think is, is amazing. Um, and it shows that anyone can play. And Skill levels everywhere. Yeah. So. That, for sure. And, that, and just, that's what Snyder Hockey did so well uh, for Philadelphia. Uh, Snyder Hockey is one of, the, one of those programs that helps develop different people in different areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, our, our song, our, sound, our song that we enter and we close with every day by D. Witty. D. Witty is a, is a kid that played hockey uh, in Philadelphia, played for Monsignor Bonner High School, um, and grew up through Snyder Hockey. Uh, he also is a star track athlete at Virginia Tech right now. Uh, but it was it was that build up through Snyder Hockey to show, hey, that town can be anywhere. Right, and I just wanted to you know mention that because I think that's really cool. Yep, yep, and a, a nice and it gave us a nice little shout out to D. Witty, who we don't always shout out. Yeah, um, thank you for your music. So thank you for scoring a goal like you're on the power play. I, <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, Eric, got anything more for the Flyers? No, I mean, there's some uh, – they, they gave offers out to their restricted free agents. I don't know if they're going to sign them, but that includes Myers um, and Nolan Patrick. Uh, they have an unrestricted free agent I really think they need to sign in Tyler Pitlick. I don't think they re Oh, him yes, yet. very much so. Um, but I think they need to reach out to him. He had a stellar off-season – not off-season, post-season, and he had a good season. So I think he's, he's like your third, fourth-line player that has speed and some grit and needs to be – I think he needs to be on the team. Uh, I definitely agree with you. Uh, the other ad this week is they did re-sign Brian Elliott to a one-year deal. Right. Uh, $1.5 million, which uh, closes the door on uh, – what's his name coming in? Oh, man. Lundquist? Yeah, Lundquist. Lundquist. I didn't want him anyway. Lundquist has no chance to be a flyer now. I know so many people are disappointed because we have Carter Hart, who's amazing. They say he's going to Washington. Yeah, and, well – Pittsburgh also just traded Matt Murray away. I know. Pittsburgh's like unloading. Which uh, which definitely – well, they are unloading because they owe a lot of people money. Yeah, that's uh, true. Throughout this season as well. So, Matt Murray going, maybe that opens up the door for him, but who knows? Just can we get him out of the East? No, I think he's going to go to Washington. No, Eric, don't do that to me. Well, hope he's leaving Washington. <sighs> so, they got to get someone. Well, this- yeah. At least he's old now. Yeah, and he didn't play well last year. I'm not worried about it. No, no. And I was just kidding about Philadelphia fans uh, wanting Lundquist. 
But rumors are always Bobby Ryan and uh, and Johnny Hockey coming to Philadelphia. So well, uh, I tweeted I tweeted out during the uh, the draft uh, when Calgary was they got they traded their first they actually traded their first pick twice, and I was sitting there during their first trade and I was like, oh, is this it? Is Johnny Gaudreau coming to Philadelphia? <laughs> Didn't happen. So close, but yet so far away. We do have Phillies news from last week. Something we. Spoke about last week, but did not happen until Saturday. This is your exciting news, isn't it? And this was when Matt Klentak stepped down as the Philadelphia Phillies GM. I heard, I heard you scream from your house, from my house. Yeah, and I and we live uh, about fifteen miles away from each other. <laughs> fifteen? That's like five. I, I made up a number. <laughs> Still far. Still far. Um, so, yeah, I was happy Klintek stepped down. Downside is he's staying with the organization in some way, shape, or form. Uh, also, John Milton not giving us any hope that JT Ramuto is going to re-sign as a Philly, which means that the entire trade of Sixto Sanchez for JT Ramuto was stupid. Yeah, they think he's going to go to the Mets. Yeah, JT Ramuto would definitely go. The Mets are interested, obviously. So the whole trade, trading away Sixto, is now a dumb decision out of Philadelphia if they can't sign JT Ramuto. And another signing that we said they need, the Phillies need to make, we're not sure if they're going to do it yet, is Didi Gregorio. Didi, Didi. They need, they need to fill that position for two years. Didi needs to be here for at least two years, two to three I th- years. I think they thought this year was going to be their year, and then it didn't happen, so they're like, oh, maybe we just start over. Well, maybe if they got, you know – Bullpen guys, it would it would help. If they I agree. Boistered the pitching staff, like we said back in March, mm-hmm. things would be better. Maybe who knows? So that's that's really all I have for the Philadelphia Phillies baseball still going on. It's not a red October. I'm still disappointed. <laughs> so um, nothing really in the Sixers realm. No, you, you still have those rumors of Buddy Heald, uh, who's still having issues with his coaching staff over there, not returning phone calls, not returning texts. Buddy Heald is the big name right now as potential being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. And there's a good chance that that person that is traded is Al Horford. That is the rumor. So okay with it. We, we shall see. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I spoke to my brother Brian, who is my NBA go-to uh, go-to guy. He's Their salaries six, pretty much match up. He's your Sixers insider. He's my Sixers insider. Basically, anything he says, anything I ever talk about the Sixers-wise, it comes out of his mouth first and then, <laughs> then comes out of mine. I should probably put him on the show at one point so he could just talk Sixers. Probably. <laughs> he is a quiet person, though. Nah, he uh, but he can he can get loud. He he's very animated when it comes to his Philadelphia sports. I don't know where he gets it from. You? No idea. No yeah. idea where anyone would get it from. Eric, I think we're going to awards and no sound bites this week because really I didn't feel like recording any. Oh, well, I thought you had the one, but you cursed in it, so I, I cursed in it. So I guess that means that I am uh, the the one Dave Portnoy today. I am scumbag. I am scumbag central today. Yeah. Because I did not do a good job. So I guess I could be the winner of the um, – The loser of the week? The loser of the week or um, – the, the stupid idiot? Stupid idiot of the week. 
You know, I, I could be that. It just feels like a – So, Kev, who's your winner of the week? It's like a bad dream. My winner, my winner of the week this week is it, – it's got to be the Eagles' defense. Yeah. Uh, they play better. They lead the league in sacks. Darius Slay, nobody wants to throw to right now, which is great. Uh, I'm going to go Eagles defense as my winners of the week. Even though Carson played better and the offense played better with their backups, I got to go with the defense who led the team uh, to victory. Right. My winner is the Philadelphia Union, who just keep winning, uh, minus their one loss last week. But they are the number one team in Philadelphia. Also, my second winner of the week is the fly that landed on Matt, Mike Pence's oh, head. Oh, come on. <laughs> I'm so political on this show. It's, it's, a, fly. it's a fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, my, my winner of the week last week was the Union. I'm not going to – I'm not double-dipping on the Union right now. It's going to be the Eagles defense. That's my fine. loser of the week is now Eric for going political on, my, on our podcast. Uh, Eric, it's not political. It's a fly. Congratulations. You are now the loser of the week. Actually, the loser of the week might be the uh, – oh, let's be honest. It could be the Flyers organization with Niskanen going down and signing Braun. So, I was actually, actually going to say Doug Peterson on, for that last drive of the game. I, I've given him loser of the week way too many times. Already. Well, he is a loser of the week a lot. I'm going to digress and just say Justin Braun and the Flyers, and hopefully it works out, but who knows. Oh, you want to know who my loser of the week is? Non-Philly related. The Cowboys defense. Yeah. Dak yeah, Prescott has put up 400-plus yards in the last, like, three games when they've lost. Dude, you feel bad for Dak Prescott. You, you should. He's thrown up 500 yards. And they lost. Losing games. They scored 38 points. No, no matter how diehard of an Eagles fan you are, you got to feel for the man. And then having Jerry Jones saying, well, Tony Romo would have pulled out the victory. My butt. <laughs> like, Man. get out of here. That defense is hor- horrendous right now. But I do not want to talk trash on the Dallas Cowboys until we see them up against our Eagles. No, I, I agree. But I was just saying I feel bad for Dak. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy owners don't. Fantasy no, they love them. Loving Dak. Yeah. Who, who might still be your, your – that might be your fantasy player of the week completely every single week is Dak. Yeah. Um, or, 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 or who the Eagles should have traded up for, C.D. Lamb. Or C.D. Lamb, yeah. Eric, your stupid idiot of the week? Kevin Kate. No, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it's because I gave you the loser of the week, isn't it? Yeah. No, I was going to say – this is where I was going to put the Flyers organization because – if you if Matt Niskin retires and good for him he he earned it you have to find some you can't just follow it up with oh we're signing Justin Braun again no let him go to find someone else yeah you need to find a top defender that's a free agent right now that's <laughs> yeah. or go make a trade Justin yeah. Braun looked like doo doo and he don't he doesn't deserve to be on the Flyers nice you want my stupid idiot of the week yeah. Doug Peterson. Oh, okay. He's not a loser. He's a stupid idiot. Sure, okay. Doug Peterson making the play call to not have Miles Sanders on the final drive. Doug Peterson uh, made some stupid remarks this week in the press. Um, I, I, Yeah, Doug Peterson's going to be my stupid idiot of the week. Right. Eric, your play of the week. 
Uh, probably Carson's running touchdown. Carson's running touchdown. It's a good one. I'm going to go with Travis Fulgham's uh, reception, the receiving touchdown out of him. He tracked the ball. He stayed in bounds. Great play throughout the week. I think that was definitely – and that definitely gave us hope. At that point, it gave us hope in the second half that the Eagles were going to pull out a win. Right, and I, and I chose Carson for running because, I mean, he looked like 2017 Carson. He actually cut up the defender to score. So it, it, it gave me some hope, like, hey, maybe he's getting his swagger back. And that was the second week of the row with the running touchdown as he did have the running touchdown the fourth quarter against right. the Bengals. Once again, I said he's put them in a position to win, but the coaching put them in a position to lose. Right, or the, the play of the week could have been um, – Singleton's interception, too, because, I mean, that was a turning point in the game. It was thrown right to him. But it's still – Eric. It doesn't matter. How long into this podcast are we? An hour, right? Yeah. We're an hour into the podcast? Uh, uh. My son, Carson, could have caught that pass. I was waiting. Maybe you would have went on a podcast about it. Um, but, no, I, it doesn't matter. He still had to make the catch. I've seen players drop that all the time. Throwing just, it right to him. It was a turning point in the game. Congratulations. You did it. World's best cup of coffee. He's better than I am. He's in the NFL. Uh, he's better than all of us are. I'm just a guy sitting on my couch. No, you're not. You're sitting in a classroom. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not at home right now. So, <laughs> uh, I, I think that's uh, – other than uh, outfit of the week, we don't have anything fly recently. No, no sweet outfit. outfit. No, no outfits. I can't wait for the Eagles to go in the all blacks because that's going to win it. Yeah, always. Uh, the Fandemic crew received a Union jersey. That was pretty cool. They should. Yeah, that, that was a pretty cool one. I'll, I'll give it to them. Or I'll just give it to Jennifer Slay, the wife of Darius Slay, for, for giving out uh, – Four, I think, right? Darius Slay uniform. Very classy of her. For, men would love to follow her on Twitter. Just don't know. Not just that. I think it's just it's cool of her to be, you know, in the community. It's like, hey, I'm I'm all Philly. Here's some jerseys. Like this is. Cool. I think that's cool for a player or a wife of a player to do. I just think that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. And another part, another player's family member that's in the uh, Philadelphia community is Deshaun Jackson's mom um, on Twitter. So, yeah. No, it's cool. I love that. Jennifer Slay actually gives out things. Um, Deshaun's mom defends him. Right. <laughs> so like Kev said in the beginning of the podcast, we have new merch coming down every day. I am putting all my efforts into putting out merchandise, uh, submit some things you want to, to be on shirts, hats, anything. I'm going to try to make um, interesting outfits uh, for the Philly fans. Uh, we have a new logo. You can go check that out. Uh, it's really simple, but, you know, I think it's nice, and we won't get sued for, for copyright trademark. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, check it out. I just put out a uh, new shirt today. As Kev talked, it's, it's Sasquatch, Bigfoot with eagles, with eagles on his chest, saying, I believe, um, which is what most Philly fans, I think, are doing right now. Uh, we don't know if it exists, but we believe they're going to do well <laughs> every week. So, check us out. We're on. Uh, we have eBay. We're on eBay now because uh, I can make more products and use that as a platform. We're also on Teespring for more T-shirts. Um, thinking about putting some stuff on Amazon. That'd be cool. Uh, but yeah, just check us out. I keep posting them on uh, our Twitter. So and on 
our Facebook, my Facebook, I'm going to share them on Kev's Facebook. <laughs> so check them out. Ladies and gentlemen, obviously that will be the end of our show. We're wrapping up here at the Philly Fans Podcast. But while we're wrapping up, make sure you give us a five-star review. Make sure you leave us a comment in the comment section. Make sure you follow us at the Philly Fans. That's P-H-A-N-S on Twitter and at the Philly Fans Podcast on Facebook. And obviously, this is Kevin. And Eric. And we are signing off. Go Birds. Go Union. Money kinda go beat, yeah. Everything on me, drip down to my feet, yeah. When I'm popping, don't come my way. From the bottom, so I got a lot of say. Always got it, I can never hit the hay. Score a goal like I'm on the power play. When I'm popping, don't come my way. First tripping, and they got a lot of say. I was down when they all flew away. Now I party like my birthday every day. Union fans are allowed back in the stadium. Wow, big update. Union fans are back in the stadium. Go Birds!